Katie. Hi, Julia. Hi. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Getting Literate. Um, I'm yeah, Julia. I'm, that's, that's Julia. Hi, Julia. Hey. And I'm Katie. Hi, Katie. <laughs> and Hello, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> From across the room. Hi. Um, what are you reading this yeah, week? Yeah, what are we reading this week? We read um, a short story by Sylvia Plath called Mary Ventura and the Ninth Kingdom. Yeah. Long ass title, but we love it. We love it. Tell me more about it. Well, why don't you tell me what we're drinking? Okay. Um, so First and foremost, I'm drinking drink red wine and Katie's drinking white wine. Colors play an important, they're, they're very bitch, prevalent so. in this um, yeah. novel. No, 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 no. It's a whole thing where there's, there's this red and white swirly vest of the refreshments guy. And so, so I thought having both red and white wine would be an homage to that. I love that. Yeah. And also very considerate because, yeah, I don't drink red wine. So, yeah. Um, I appreciate that. I do love white. I do love white. I do love red. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, you're right. Color plays a lot of – it's a big deal it's in a big this. Deal. It's a big deal in this. Yeah. Sylvia Plath. We have to stand. Oh, God, um, she's a I have a color-coded uh, note of every single time – Every th- single thing that got mentioned, every single color, and everything that was of that color in color-coded in my notes. You're insane. Yes. Although that's not hard because this book is literally 40 pages. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we read a yeah. novel this week. <laughs> we read things. We read pages. It's in a book. It's its, its own thing. Okay. Um, it costs the same amount as a Kobo ebook at a local bookstore. Yeah. Well, we have to, we support local bookstores. Yeah. Local I'm not complaining. Store. I'm just yeah. saying. If it costs the same, it is the same. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> also, it's midterm season, or at yes. least the second last week of the semester. It's basically exams. Yes. I'm tired. We I'm read so too stressed. much. <laughs> We're burnt out. Mm-hmm. So we read a short story, and you're all going to have to fucking deal with it. Exactly. I'm sure everyone's very upset. You know, <laughs> Margaret Atwood listening in. She's disappointed in us. I can't. Yeah. yeah it's fine. I know it. I know it. Who's our other guy? Oh, Daniel. Daniel. Daniel's Daniel fucking screaming that we didn't Honestly. read Woodhouse. Yeah. Screaming, okay. crying, throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> He'll recover. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why am I looking at the back of the book? Uh, because I have to read the summary. Um. Written while Sylvia Plath was a student at Smith College in 1952, Mary Ventura and the Ninth Kingdom tells the story of a young woman's fateful train journey. Lips the color of blood, the sun in unprecedented orange, train wheels that sound like guilt and guilt and guilt are just some of the things Mary Ventura begins to notice on her journey to the Ninth Kingdom. But what is the Ninth Kingdom, she asks the kind-seeming lady in her carriage. It is the kingdom of the frozen will, comes the reply. There is no going back. Sylvia Plath's strange, dark tale of female agency and independence, written lo- not... Written not long after she herself left home, grapples with mortality in motion. Sexy. Very sexy. Incredibly sexy. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this? I loved it. I think you heard me describing it to my mom. Um, yes, not you long did. ago. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to say like four and a half stars. Five. Oh, sick. Yeah. Awesome. I get to drink. Cool. Yeah. A whole half sip of wine. Mm-hmm. Boo-hoo. So sad for me. Um, Did you like it? I did. Did I you did. give it five stars? I did. Cheers! So you get to drink for getting rating. it right, and we get to drink for getting the same thing. I love our one brain cell. I, yeah, I love finding any excuse to take a fucking drink. Cheers! Oh. I'll drink to that. It's a drinking game, and you just test how many things you can call a reason to drink. Yes. Um, um, how about you take that sip? 
Yeah. And I start talking about what I liked best. Please do. Please do. Okay. Get ready to take another sip because I did like the writing. Um, it was really good. I really liked it. And we are not surprised. Um, what else I really enjoyed about this is the stop at the Sixth Kingdom. I thought that was a great and concise piece of world building with a blonde woman. Yeah. Yeah. Drink. You got a drink. Yeah. I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and last but not least is the ending. I loved that ending. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get to drink for that one, actually, too, I guess. Excellent. We're going to bend the rules on that. No, those are good. Cheers, yeah. Those are good. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, like, I will say, like, my, one of my top threes was the second woman at the very end. She was, like, maternal or whatever. She was bent over all the flowers. Yes. She just was like, hey, right at the very end. Yeah. Um, you can probably go to page 40 and read that. You know what? I probably could because it's <laughs> – we're going to be like, let's quote this book. And suddenly we've read the whole thing just out of order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Mary could see the full boxes of white roses and daffodils looped with green leaves and the woman in a brown coat bending maternally over the display. As Mary approached, the woman lifted her head and met Mary's eyes with a blue gaze of triumphant love. I have been waiting for you, dear, she said. I love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. I also love the first woman on the train. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah. She's great. Um, did I put that in my top three or did I put something else? So we'll call her Chocolate Bar Lady, the yes. first woman on the train, and the woman at the end, Flower Lady. I like that. I like that. Those are good names. Yeah. So I like Chocolate Bar Lady. She's not actually on my top three because um, very specifically, I like the fact that she's knitting. <laughs> like very specifically i'm a fan <laughs> yeah you're like ah this is good shit <laughs> yeah exactly well yeah i'll get into my reasons for it but i fucking love it i just love it i think it's great mm-hmm. um and then also the twist i like that it had a twist remind me of the twist well just the fact that she gets on the train and she's like what and then all of a sudden she fucking realizes oh yeah that's like, awesome that that moment of realization yes girl girl i should have put that on my top yeah because like that moment of realization realization yeah. It starts out and you're kind of like, okay, a train ride. This isn't, this is, this is a little weird. This is a little weird. This is, oh, it's a little spooky. It's a little spooky. Oh, this is fucking weird. Oh, oh this, this is, is fucked like, up. This is real fucked up. Oh my God, this is really fucked up. And like, you're experiencing it all at the same time that like Mary is. And it's yes. like, that's, she's such a good writer. She's such a good writer. God, I love Sylvia Plath. Yes. And then we get to the twist. Yeah. And as the back of the book said, female agency, where she's like, <laughs> No, and like women helping women, we see mm. so little of that in literature. Mm-hmm. Truly, mm-hmm. truly. What's in your worst? Her parents. Oh, fucking drink. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, I'm just gonna send you to your death, little girl. Mm. You have to go though. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> we want the house to ourselves. Black. Quite literally, yeah. Yeah. Um, the conductor. Oh no, actually, I mean not for me. I feel yeah. like you like looked at me like as if you were like, is that on both of ours? But no, interesting. Yeah, no. Um, I love the way he's described. Oh, okay. Like he has um black eyes. I think that are flecked with cold laughter or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, if you know the page it's on. I can tell you. Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. He's just not a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's gross. I don't like him. I also don't like the three drunk men. Fair. They just stick out to me in my brain. I was yep. sitting as we were recording, like the tapes are rolling, and I was trying to think of my worst three because I only wrote her parents and then oh, silly. got distracted. And oh, then silly. I was like, huh, 
I need two more. And yeah. I, they just stuck out for me. You know, I didn't like them. Yeah, that's fair. But I almost didn't put them on my worst. I remember I was trying to think of my worst. And then I was like, mm, kind of glad they died. But like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fair. I guess maybe the Sixth Kingdom stop is like a best and a worst for me. It's it, painful. It's painful. Like that's yeah. why it's on my worst. Yeah. Is because it's so painful. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to change it to it's going to be on my best and It's our I mean, fucking okay, podcast. You're right, actually. You're right, you're right, you're we right. We make the rules. You're so right. Okay, I like that. Fun. So then you still get to drink because, yeah, it is on my worst. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then her parents. Um, yeah. And then, oh, my God, what was my third? What was my third worst? I didn't write one down, but you know what? You know how be. You know how be. Um, it's this bit right here that I um, – was trying to flip through and find the description of the conductor. Mm-hmm. And it's a lady in a blue jacket carrying a baby wrapped in a soiled white blanket, paused at Mary's seat for a minute, but then continued to the back of the car where there was more room. Something about that is so deeply tragic to me. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. 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 I'm not, I don't love that. It's, no. yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Ugh. Oh, well. Yeah, it's uh fucked. Okay, I don't think mm-hmm. it's about people dying. What do you think it's about? Like I think it's about like um like a social death or an mm-hmm. emotional death. Okay. Of like being a like woman. Okay. You know? Can expand. Like like the reason that the the woman with carrying the baby is so tragic to me is because it's like, yeah, that's all you are now. Uh, like you like you have no more agency you don't have you don't get the choice to do anything that you want with your life like this is you're on this path and you chose to take it and you get to go and that's who you are now you don't get any sort of because i think that like so it's a more like it's less of a literal death yes and yeah. wanna what knowing how much sylvia plath hated her own pregnancies yeah and her how difficult motherhood was for her i totally see that well and i mean she would have written that before this right because she was just at college yeah but i think when did she write the bell jar like 10 years later yeah yeah um but it's also about like going out into the world and being like in like this program of like have you read it you've read the bell jar actually i haven't oh i want to i just you should around to it yeah it starts out like just the beginning of it like she's in like this the main character is in like this like program thing it's like an internship over the summer at like a magazine Mm -hmm. and she's out there and like hanging out with like all of these other girls um Mm -hmm. and it's like you get the sense that it's like this is what your life is now Mm -hmm. and it's gonna fucking suck and this is it and you're gonna hate yourself and you're gonna hate everyone around you that's very plot yeah so yeah it just yeah this whole thing and so i don't really know what to do with like the other people on the train that aren't women with that interpretation of this but they don't matter but they do though no i'm joking like what do you think like the drunk men like they stood out to you like what do you think i think it's like a loss of like reputation like those three men like probably botched some like job thing like a presentation i'm thinking their buddies working on this big job together they botched it they got drunk and they're taking their jovial drunk walk to like i don't know a a dead-end job okay Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like a like a reputational death. Yes. Okay. okay. And like a death of like career progressment. Like this is it oh. for their careers. Like this is it for your life as a woman. Like this is it for your career. You are like. Interesting. 
a drunk dead end job man now interesting i like that Mm -hmm. thank you Mm -hmm. but that's really interesting that you brought that up because i did write down here that like it seems to me that like leave it leaving home seems some like some sort of death for um sylvia plath and yeah. it's kind of like the death of like childhood or like childhood yeah. innocence I yeah what's happening yeah and i think like protection of like the home you yeah. know but like as a child because i don't think like as like a mother or as like a wife that she thinks that the home is protective no like at all no it gives me where stepford do you think she wives. died <laughs> yeah it gives me stepford wives vibes i don't remember that have i not made you read it okay i don't think so that's fine Basically, it's, like, around the same time, actually, that this was written. I think maybe 10 years later. Okay. It's the same guy who wrote Rosemary's Baby. Oh, okay. Um, and he – oh, my God. It's so good. I have the EPUB, so I'll send you it. Um, but You like, mean I will purchase that novel? Oh, yes. I purchased the EPUB, and I will send you the, the purchased EPUB that I definitely have legally acquired. Um, yeah. We will legally yeah. acquire this novel. Yeah. Anyway. Basically – this woman moves out to, like, a suburb with, like, her family in, like, and I want to say it's set in, like, the 60s or 50s, um, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and she's, like, there's something funky with, like, this place. Like, all of the women have, like, massive tits, and they're all, like, really, like, distant, and they don't want to ever come over and, like, hang out with me, and, like, no one's interested in, like, women's lib. Like, why don't they have any personalities? And it's because they're murdering them and replacing them with robots. Oh, you told me about that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, very interesting, like, cyborg things to think about there. But also, like, literal murder and, like, zero protection Yeah. from, like... The world. Your world. And, like, once you're a mother, like, that's all you're good for. Yeah. And honestly, like, that's so undervalued that you could be replaced by, like, an android. Mm-hmm. And something that kind of, like, stands out... Um, and I've done, like, a lot of, like, listening to, like, interpretations and analysis and, like, talking about this book with, like, other people and shit. Like, I just – it's been it's been coming up in my life a lot recently yeah. in the past, like, couple months. It's very weird. But, like, the her two – not her kids. Her, like, friends' kids after their mom gets, like, turned or murdered or whatever are, like, yeah, she's kind of, like, weird now, but she makes us, like, hot breakfast, so who cares? <laughs> and it's, like, even, like, your fucking kids don't care about you Yeah. when you're, like, a wife and mother yeah ah yeah it's upsetting it's upsetting anyways i don't know i'm gonna find a quote from a different source i should have thrown that to you it's fine um but tell me more about uh what you thought about this um i thought it was very interesting so one two three four five six seven eight nine only nine colors were mentioned if you count silver and gray as the same color okay i know there's not a lot of colors um but red is mentioned so much and then like black and then white and then blue and then brown and then actually gray slash silver is close to black and blue in like the top three um purple is mentioned once and it's the bruise that the little boy gives yeah. the other that part was interesting yeah i wonder really what that symbolizes well because it's two kids right like yeah. they're brothers and they they're like hitting each other with like toy soldiers right uh-huh. do you think they go to war yeah yeah oh yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fucked. Okay. I'm sad. All right. Yeah. That's fine. Just drink that wine. Mm-hmm. There's the orange sun, and that's the only time orange is mentioned. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 It's just, like, very interesting to me, just, like, the use of colors in the short story. And, like, it is a short story. Oh, it's a very short story. Yeah. Yeah. But color is so prevalent, but so, like, like specifically used. Precisely used is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you to close read this one passage? Yeah. Just, like... Off the cuff. Yeah. I think it, this is be fun. Okay. It'll be fun. Um, okay. Mary relaxed in the soft ease, sipping her ginger ale. In the subtle, indirect light, the cushioned seats were a warm red color. And the music came lilting continually from the hidden loudspeaker. Mary sucked up the last of her ginger ale and tipped the glass so that the cherry rolled down into her hand. She popped it into her mouth and bit into the sweet fruit. That's uh, page 13. Thank you. Okay. Reference. For that. Yeah, I definitely want to be able to, like, see it. Um, so she's in the diner car with Chocolate Bar Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where Chocolate Bar Lady starts to... It's where Mary starts to trust Chocolate Bar Lady. Yeah. She start like, the, like follows her along, kind yeah. of, like, just as a chance to stretch her legs. And yeah. This is the first time, really, she's at ease. She's, like, stressed out at the train station. She's, like, a little on edge, like, in her seat at the car, you know, watching the wheels go by. But she's finally, like, having this, like, yeah delicacy, this sweet treat, mm-hmm. and, like, relaxing in, the, in this, like seemingly normal train car because things aren't really weird yet so i think it's almost like a calm before the storm okay but there's still like this evocation of like red because red is like it's very prevalent on this train and it reminds me a lot of um blood and doom I, i have this whole note where there's a lot of um red versus white and red and black versus white mm. in this novel yeah um and how like red is like blood and doom versus like purity and holiness and that sort of like shows up in uh the, the two handkerchiefs in the story yeah so the conductor has a red handkerchief and the chocolate bar lady has a white handkerchief so i really white lady is or white handkerchief of the lady is like purity and like holiness and helpfulness and red is blood and doom so she pops this red fruit into her mouth and like bites it yeah and releases red juices i'm assuming so i really think it's like a calm before the storm like blood is about to flow um that's what i would i like that thank you i like that that's good and that's how you bullshit assignments in university absolutely yeah oh i love that interesting yeah interesting i think the fact that it's the like the turning point yeah for her to like start trusting this older woman who like to me that's her like it's you know this is her like at the end of her life essentially Mm -hmm. oh Um, that's very interesting yeah 
And can we talk about how Flower Lady and Chocolate Bar Lady are definitely the same lady? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why I think that they're all her. Like, I think that yeah, they're all Mary Ventura. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that, like, she starts trusting her right here because I didn't actually pick up on that until you said that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is that turning point. Yeah. Because, like, something about – there's something there about, like, cherries mm-hmm. and, like, virginity. Yes. Right? And, like, growing Doesn't up. Doesn't it literally say pop it in her mouth? That's a good question. Cherry pop. Oh, she popped it into her mouth and bit into the sweet fruit. Yeah. Like, there's something there about, like, growing up and realizing yeah. that things are bad and also, like, choosing to trust your future self. Yeah. With this decision, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yeah. Especially when it comes to, like, leaving the childhood behind, uh, yeah. going from the safety of home. Like, yeah. We're calm. We're relaxed. We're popping we're cherries. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we're popping shit. Yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. As you do. Totally. On the train. Super normal girl <laughs> shit. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I don't know. That whole like section just stood out to me. I was like. Yeah. Even before I realized what the fuck was going on, I was like. This is a real graphic way. Like, no, it's not even graphic, but I was just like, this is a lot of emphasis to put on this fucking cherry and this ginger ale. Yeah. Sylvia. 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 I miss her. I miss her, too. And I was born, like, three decades after she killed herself, but I miss her. Yeah. Ooh, it's fine. It's fine. There's this, um... Did you find your quote? Oh, I did. Yeah. I was just going to say there's this, like not anthology but like collection of like her letters and diaries that's like 60 fucking dollars maybe more than that it's an expensive book and i'm like Mm -hmm. that's on my wish list for someday someday it's got like photos of her and shit it's all annotated it's in like her original handwriting (gasps) and then like there's like the transcriptions of it on the other oh fuck i need it (laughs) oh that sounds so good i love sylvia plath so much (laughs) when i got this book this was a quick aside yeah i was like um in this little bookstore with my boyfriend and um i was like oh my god sylvia plath has a short story and he's like who's sylvia plath and i was like oh (laughs) so your ex-boyfriend you mean yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's so funny though that's cute yeah that's cute yeah i did find my quote i did Read it to me, please. Um, it's oh, it's so fucking devastating. I have not stopped thinking about it since I saw it for the first time. And I saw it on, like, Twitter, which is rude. But um, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's from Bonnie Burstow. She's, like, a feminist uh, theorist and psychologist also, I think. Um, this is from her book, Radical Feminist Therapy, Working in the Context of Violence. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well. But basically, it's like, often father and daughter look down on mother, woman, together. They exchange meaningful glances when she misses a point. They agree she is not as bright as they are, cannot reason as they do. This collusion does not save the daughter from the mother's fate. That last line there, I think it's so applicable here. I think you've read this before, perhaps even on this podcast. Quite possibly. I think it's a gracier one. I think I I did. Yeah, Yeah. I think I did. I think I did. Let's drink to that. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 i have not stopped thinking. i've it's like I, we did grace your what two fucking months ago yeah more than that yeah like yeah end of august, august early yeah. september yeah yeah um and it's like end of november yeah and i'm still out here like huh, huh. huh. this collusion does not save the daughter from the mother's fate <gasps> sick cool. cool awesome love it 
I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> We're both looking at each other, like just like misty keep it together. Like keep okay, it together. you got this, girly. <laughs> it's good. It's great. It's fantastic. Aww. I uh, yeah. I'm trying to find the Six Kingdoms stop because we've mentioned it so many goddamn times. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, red neon blinked outside the window and the train slowed, shuddering into the station of the Sixth Kingdom. The car door swung open and the tread of the conductor came down the aisle to the blonde woman up ahead with the red painted mouth, who paled, drew her furs about her, and shrank back. Not yet, she said. Please, not yet. This is not my stop. Give me a little longer. Let me see your ticket, the conductor said, and the woman wet her lips the color of blood. I mislaid it. I can't find it, she said. Um, and then they go through a whole thing. She's hidden it in, like, the tip of her glove. It's, like, yeah. Um, whatever. The conductor put out his hand and gripped her arm. I'm sorry, he said, but you must go now. We can't have any dallying around on this train. We have a schedule to keep. We have a quota of passengers. She got up and walked down the aisle, her crimson wool skirt balancing and swaying about her legs, her head held proud and defiant. Outside the door of the car on the platform, there were two station guards waiting for her. In the red glare of neon light that, fu- that fell full upon them, they took the woman away, one on either side of her, through the barred exit gate. Oh, no, here's the here's the description of the conductor as well. Cheers. Yeah. The conductor came back down the car, wiping his forehead with a large red silk handkerchief. He paused at Mary's seat and grinned at the woman. His eyes were black, bottomless, but flecked now with cold spots of laughter. Okay, so right off the bat, the Sixth Kingdom is giving me, like, red light district. Oh, um, red neon light district? Yeah, yeah, red neon light district. So I really do think this is her, like foray yeah. into sex work but yeah. i also think it's her foray in, into like male violence that comes with sex work oh my god yeah 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 it's like they go hand in hand oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah like honestly like she doesn't read she's not supposed to get to the final stop right and the right. final stop is like death reputational social emotional yeah kind of this is this your, is yeah, the your, end of your place in society now yeah yeah this this is the end your of your independent final. life yeah yeah but she doesn't get off there. No. So she kind of still has one. Yeah. But it's so marked by that violence. Yeah. Also, everything about her is red. Everything. And yeah. she's like sashaying and swaying. Yeah. She's wearing furs. Yeah. Like there's kind of this like sensuality mm-hmm. that's been given to her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked. It makes me so sad. So sad. Ugh. And it's just like uncomfortable. Like she's like... Yeah, like, don't, you know, I don't want to get off this stop right now. I know. Which Please. is, like, hard in contrast with what the woman says to Mary about, you, you know, they bought the ticket. It's their choice. They could have chose otherwise. Yeah. Like, that's an instance, uh, one that we see more classically of women putting other women down. Yeah. 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 Because she does say that. she's And, like, the conductor is kind of, like, colluding with her. Not colluding. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know what I mean. Like, kind of, like. They're, like, in cahoots. Yeah. They're, like, joking together about it. Yeah, they're, like, like eh, <laughs> next worker. It's not usually that hard to get her to get, to get women off this fucking train, you know? Like. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah. She's, like, haha, they should just accept it. <laughs> like, it's, like, girly. Bestie. We're saving little girls, but. If you stop at the six in them, if that's your stop, um, that's on you. Sucks to suck, girl. Yeah. Quite literally. Like very much so. Like almost like victim blaming. Mm, literally. Yeah, I do love the way that like 
Just this last bit, the red light of the station slanted through the car windows and briefly stained the faces of the passengers scarlet. And it's like, y'all are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Bystanders, not innocent, red-handed, red-faced. Y'all are part of the Responsible, problem. Responsible, but like, yeah. yeah, this is your fault. Yeah. You've done this. Yeah. Like, you you are all part of this. You've yes. participated in this violence. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Just you like, are not innocent. Yes. 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 Ah, I love it so much. Mm -hmm. I also love the fact that she's knitting the whole time. Me too. (laughs) Sorry, I just like read another thing about her knitting and I'm like, I love it. Yes. Continue to knit, girly. Everything, every fucking word choice here is so... Poignant. Poignant. It's so deliberate. Yeah. Like, the lights in the ceiling were hard, glaring stars. And the baby kept on crying as if it would cry forever. I told you, I'm just going to read this whole fucking book. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's 40 pages. Read it. I'm sure you can find it online. Honestly, it would take all of 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyways, what do you want to... Do you want to go off? Yeah, I would love to. Please do. Okay, I want to talk about, like, symbols and illusions in this uh, story. Um, So, first off, early on, um, I think around the first station stop, which isn't really a station that they stop at anymore. Yeah. Um... They see a couple of crows, and I think that's really interesting that they chose a distinction between crows and ravens, because ravens Mm. typically symbolize death. Um, That's their big, what they're known for, their their, their MO, but crows actually symbolize adaptability, transformation, and this isn't relevant, but I think it's cool, like psychic ability, like is it better? Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which I could, you could take in, in this context as, like, intuition, almost. And that's, like, Mary's intuition around the turn of the novel. Mm. Uh, or I should stop saying novel. Story. Yeah, it's a novel. It's a mini novel. <laughs> it's a baby. Um, ravens and crows. They are symbolized in this. Uh, mm. But they're also black, um, which is, like, interesting because a lot of the, um, the black stuff are associated with the bad guys like the conductor's uniform uh parts of the train like the ticket the conductor's eyes um hands of the clock you know and the clock is like ticking down the seconds yeah to like get on the fucking train yeah uh but in this case the crows aren't necessarily um bad and then blackbirds are referenced again when mary runs away to the seventh yes. kingdom yeah and also the stairs that kind of lead her to her freedom are black so it's kind of like also yeah. a transformation of the color black or just like a new meaning for it mm-hmm. which i think is super cool also so this is like the last paragraph second yeah. last like one awakening from a sleep of death <laughs> she walked across the gravel path that twinkled with the mica of little pebbles it was the spring of the year spring rebirth new life interesting Interesting. and there was a woman selling flowers on the street corner singing to herself mary could see the full boxes of white roses and daffodils looped with green leaves and the woman in a brown coat bending maternally over the display so first of all as i said i wrote down every single instance of color reference to color in this uh, story. So the only woman yeah. with a brown coat is the uh, woman on the train, the chocolate bar woman. That's why we think she's the same oh, yeah. lady. Also, the wool, that, the color of the wool that the 
chocolate bar woman was knitting uh was leaf green it was literally described as leaf green and then there's yeah. leaves associated with it like oh come on lady oh, also yeah. they both have blue eyes and they're like the only woman to have blue eyes in this um yes story so we think they're together but what's really interesting is the illusion of like spring and like flowers mm-hmm. right yeah but the the daffodils specifically mean rebirth Ooh. Yeah. And white roses symbolize, like, a new beginning and, like, love. Oh which I think is really interesting because um, blue is not mentioned many times. It's nice no, lady's yeah. eyes. It's flower lady's eyes. It's um, pigeons. But it's also the mother's jacket. The mother holding the baby with the white soil blanket. Yes. So I think blue is, like, associated with, like, motherhood and motherliness, which I think is just really interesting mm-hmm. um, that the flower lady gives, like, white roses. Yeah. It's, like, motherly yeah. love, and, like, I'm saving you, my child, but it's also myself. But it's, like, yes, a yeah. tenderness for a younger version of yourself. Carrie, like, care, like, you know how people always talk about, like, healing, like, your inner child as part yes. of, like, working through trauma? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That. And indulging your inner child. Yeah. Yeah. Nurturing. Nurturing your inner child. Mm-hmm. And, like, that. that goes along with, like, knitting is, like, creation, oh, right? Yeah. And there's so much, like, reference to new life in terms of, like, the nice lady. hmm And also, she's the only one associated with earth tones in this. Yeah. Um, so I'm, like, Mother Earth, sort of, almost, like, protector. Yeah. Uh, almost, like... Anyway, mm-hmm. that was uh, that was uh, pretty much all I got. It's not no, a I love that, long though. thing. Oh, red. Yeah, that's definitely a symbol. Like yeah. hell, of course, the devil. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, evil, bad, blah 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 blah. Yeah, blood, all that. Did I get all everything else? Um, you asked me earlier something about um the Bible. I don't know if you wanted to. Men- I don't know if there was religious undertones. Oh my God, my illusion. Yeah. Right. So at the sixth kingdom part, they say, "Okay, Lady Town across the river," and I think that's definitely an allusion to like Charon, um, mm. the river guy yeah, yeah, yeah. in Greek yeah. mythology. And so I was thinking, like, is there's like some correlation between the different kingdoms and like different religions or afterlifes but i really like the metaphorical death more than uh the literal one so i mm. don't think that's true both anymore. though that's right? true because even if you're talking about like a metaphorical death you're still going to associate like imagery and like allusions to actual like literal figures of death mm-hmm. you know yeah i like that though thank you yeah i was actually on the first page there's a mention of a cathedral, and I can't remember in what okay, context. The long black hand of the clock on the wall of the train station, I added that, clipped off another minute. Everywhere there were people running to catch trains. Above them, the vault of the railroad station lifted like the dome of a huge cathedral. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I was just, like, thinking about symbolism and things like Please. that because you've, you've brought it up. You've I mentioned have. it. I have. You've expanded. Um, and I was like, you know what? What are the numbers? What do the numbers symbolize? Great cue, great cue. Yeah. Religion. So there's, um, you know, God took six days to create the world. True. Six points on a Star of David. Okay. Lots of six in, like, the Old Testament and the Torah and the Bible itself. This is just telling me where it, it comes up. 
and I want to know more about why it's important because because I know a lot of the numbers in the bible just have meanings like I remember 40 being like means a very long time like it's not literally 40 yeah it's just, like 40 means fucking 40 just means like we can't count that high yeah <laughs> there's um, too many yeah okay meaning of the numbers so this biblestudy.org I trust them more okay <laughs> Uh, it symbolizes man and human weakness. <gasps> Which and would the manifestation go to red of sin. light. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, 666, right, is the yeah. devil or whatever. Number yeah. of the beast. Yeah. Okay. And then number seven, biblestudy.org. We'll, tr- we'll trust this one again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's used 735 times in the Bible, the number seven. Specific? Yeah. Go off. Yeah. What does it mean? Um, and if oh sorry, if we include this count with how many times sevenfold and seventh is used, it jumps to eight hundred and sixty references. Fuck, it's the number of completeness and perfection, huh? Tied directly to God's creation of all things, because the creation of Adam occurred on the seventh day, right? True. I thought he rested on the seventh day. No, wait, no seventh. No, God's Sabbath is on the seventh day. Creation of Adam occurred on. The seventh month of the Hebrew calendar. Mm. Um, and the Bible as a whole was apparently originally divided into seven major divisions. Mm. Um, the total number of originally inspired books is 49 or seven times seven. Wow. That's kind of fucking interesting. Um, but also just like the actual number itself, um, it's a, like it's a prime number, right? Yes. And yeah, it's a big deal. Like it's a big deal because holy shit. Apparently in Hinduism, Islam, Eastern tradition, like like Buddhism and stuff like that, it's just it's all over the place. Seven. Huh. So I'm interested. Like that seems to me like she would have been like, yes, we're going to use this. Yeah. I like that, though. What does ninth king? Nine That's mean? a good question. Uh, completion. It's the last of the single digit numbers and the highest in value. Symbolically represents a culmination of wisdom and experience culmination mm-hmm. well it's there a lot i wouldn't say i don't know i'm not seeing as much like i think that obviously oh no oh, well there it is um <laughs> the bible recorded that christ died at the ninth hour of the day um that's hilarious i yeah yeah it's not as significant in christianity which i think in catholicism which i think is what sylvia plath would have been leaning on a lot i don't think yeah. that she was catholic she might have been like protestant yeah I'm remembering properly um but yeah so i mean there's but yeah so it's like the hour at which christ died the hour at which christ died <laughs> like and if honestly like if we're taking like mary ventura as like christ in this story uh-huh yeah yeah i don't know yeah. it's there's a lot of there's so much symbolism going on in here and she is so, so deliberate with everything yeah and it's so good it's so good so what would you write your essay on? What would I write my essay on? Okay, so we talked about how the um, woman in the coat has a green she's, – she's knitting, and she's yeah. associated with earth tones. Uh-huh. But it's green – it's green yarn that she's yeah. using. Um, leaf green. Leaf green. Yeah. And so – oh, God, where did the quote go? Yeah. So I would call my essay um, – a girl just about your size Aww. dissecting green and associations with youth and honestly okay this sounds really lame but i pulled this okay i saw it is a tiktok that 
has stuck with me, but it's basically like a dissection of like what a green dress means in okay. movies. Okay. And in like cinema. Interesting. Um, and basically, you know, they go into this thing about how like a green dress, when you see it in a movie, it's typically associated with the visual and emotional high point huh. of the movie. Um, and it's typically the last time you experience anything youthful or vibrant in the story. So they talk about like Scarlett O'Hara's green trim dress and like the the green dress in atonement that Kira Knightley wears. Like there's a whole host of green dresses that you can look at. Do you remember you've seen Burlesque? Yeah. Do you remember the scene when it's like a it's like a cut scene, not cut scene, but it's like a bunch of like she's singing and then there's a bunch of other shit happening, but she's got the really short blonde hair and she's wearing a green dress. Christina Aguilera? Yeah. And that's kind of like before everything sort of starts to turn. Like, just, and, you know, just, there's, like, tons of movies where you can look at and be like, oh, when are they wearing a green dress and where does it start to go poorly for them as women in this story? After that. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that just, uh, like, unpacking that and the fact that this woman is is making this green dress. Okay. She's, like, knitting, right? She's knitting, first of all. Who the fuck knits a dress? Okay, right? I was like, thinking that. I was literally thinking that. I was like, vibes. who the fuck knits a dress? Well, you know, actually, you know what? There's this girl that I... <laughs> I'm following online who's crocheting her wedding dress. So, like, it's it's doable. Okay, but it's crackhead shit. It's a lot of no work. No offense, TikTok online and also person. Kind of, it's not the norm, Mm-mm. right? And so she's, like, knitting this fucking dress. And it's, like, for a girl just about your size. I Like, I think the fact that she's knitting it, she's knitting a dress, she's knitting a dress for a girl just about Mary's size is so interesting. And the fact that it's a green dress. Yeah. And that she's the one who helps her kind of, like, get off the train. And yeah. kind of get back to, like, a youth that is her own mm-hmm. right an emotional like agency yeah yeah i want to unpack that further and like do some comparisons and parallels and shit so that sounds great yeah, yeah. how about you i would call it the nine colors in the ninth kingdom Ooh. yeah so i would just read the colors even more than i did now um and just like talk about how frequently they're used and what they symbolize I love it. Yeah. Hell yeah. You got a free preview in this podcast. Yeah. You've <laughs> just, you've um, done like a draft of your, like, yeah, you've done an early draft here, essentially. Yeah. I didn't I even love that. touch on orange, no, gold, yeah. or gray in yeah. this podcast. So um, contribute to our Patreon. I'm joking. We don't have one. <laughs> I wish we did. <laughs> Maybe one day. One day, Margaret will give us that can... fat $1 a month subscription. Yeah, we can actually make more content than reading, like, a 40-page short story um, in a week. Yeah. So, stay tuned. Anyways. Big plans ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll eventually up our game. We'll see. <laughs> oh, well. No, I love that, though. I love that. Cute. Cute. Okay. Any thoughts? Uh, I need to read more Plath. Yes, you do. You need to read The Bell Jar. If you like this, you need to read The Bell Jar. I know I love Sylvia Plath. Yeah. I just haven't. No. Yeah. Read it. That's fair. But yeah, it's, she's so good. Mm -hmm. Parting thoughts? Parting thoughts? I fucking love Sylvia Plath. I miss her so much. She was so right about everything. Yeah. Even sticking her head in the oven. She was right on that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not mad. I just, you know, disappointed. Um, (laughs) anyways... Yeah. Okay. Um, we can cheers. 
yeah good night sleep tight this don't been board a, uh, any been an episode of getting literate oh yeah i'm julia i'm katie don't yeah don't board and drink what you said cheers okay, bye-bye night This has been an episode of Getting Literate with Julia Honadel and Katie McCullough. Be sure to follow us on social media at Getting Literate on all platforms and follow the podcast from wherever you're listening for more opportunities to get lit and get literate. literate.